people? Welcome back to the Mind Body Hoops podcast. My name is Max McCoy, and you guys know the vibe. We're usually talking to people that I think we can learn from to become happier, healthier, and just better all-around athletes and people. So whether it's a doctor, psychologist, whether it's a trainer, whether it's a nutritionist, whether it's an author, or did I already say author? <laughs> Whoever it is, we're just trying to become better at our craft. We're trying to become better people. As we become better people, we usually get better at our craft as a byproduct. When we get better at our craft, we usually become happier as a byproduct. When we become healthier, it feeds into all these things. So I love this holistic approach to athletics and life that we're taking. I'm so grateful by about the community we've built with this podcast. Like When you guys reach out to me, it means the world to me that you guys are vibing with the podcast, that you guys are enjoying it, that you guys are taking value away from it. And all the credit goes to you guys for implementing the things you learn on this podcast. Like Knowledge is one thing, but implementing it is a whole nother thing. So hats off to all you people that reach out to me. It means the world to me. Um, thanks to everybody who leaves a review on the Apple iTunes app. That is like the currency of iTunes. That helps this podcast grow. That helps me one day get uh, you know bigger and bigger sponsors. So that's your way of supporting the podcast. So thank you to all the people that are doing that. And thanks to everybody who shares the podcast on Instagram. Like when you guys share those screenshots and post them and share them and, and even just share a snippet that you learn from the podcast, not only does that help grow and market the podcast, which means the world to me, that gives me the opportunity to check in with you guys and say what up and say thank you. And it's been super fun doing that with you guys. So I'm stoked about this community we're building, a new type of athlete it seems. It's like this aggressive athlete one is that one that is aware one that is willing to do what it takes to become healthy happier and a better performer so i'm stoked thanks for joining the mind body hoops podcast and let's get into this episode i'm joined by lewis hatchet the sports yogi he's from the uk uh he's a professional he's an ex-professional athlete but a different sport he played cricket um but what is cool about this episode is we talk about kind of the similarities because the things we talk about apply to any athlete whether you're in uk and you're a professional cricket player or you are a you know a basketball player in the u.s whatever it is we talk about dealing with injury and dealing with too many injuries and having that being such a frequent thing within so many of us and what we can do to work on that and the as you could guess, the big topic of this conversation is yoga, something that has really transformed my life and performance and overall well-being. Uh, and I just think there's a ton of great nuggets within this conversation. Lewis is a super cool dude, really articulate, and we had an awesome talk. We even had an awesome talk before we started recording, during the recording, and after the recording. Uh, I got a new friend in Lewis. I like him. I hope you guys like him too. Enjoy this podcast with the sports yogi, Lewis Hatchet. With my background in sport, I ended up starting this this business where I mixed the holistic side of sport, taking like yoga principles and mixing them into sports performance to allow people to improve their performance in sport and life. Yeah. So that I, I'm a big believer in that if you can improve your performance in sport and um, it tips over into your to your life as well and your everyday living. And I ended up training as a yoga teacher where I really liked the principles within it, but I personally found frustration through the fact that there was nothing out there for athletes to engage with these principles and especially connect on a way that wasn't sort of too spiritual out there too hippie because that's my ego was tipping in there and all of us but um but my background was that i i was a professional cricketer here in the uk 
I played professional cricket for six years and I was fundamentally how I got into things like yoga, movement, breath work was I had a frustration through just getting injured all the time. Like I was injured every um, three months with like soft tissue injuries. What kind of injuries happen when you play cricket? We were just talking before this, people, that um, cricket is really popular and I'm an ignorant American, so we, I don't know too much about it, but it's a huge sport. It's none, it's a, so I don't, I don't understand what kind of injuries occur. Like with basketball, it's knees, ankles, yeah. lower back kind of stuff is very prominent. What's prominent? What were you dealing with? It tends to be around ankle, knees, hips, and especially the lower back because of a lot of the rotational force. Yeah. Uh, shoulders tend to get few soft tissue injuries, but um, mainly knees, back, hips is, is bowlers. And is, that the what you, is that what you're dealing with? Yeah, they're main, you're mainly susceptible to those parts of the body. Yeah. Um, but uh, so the injuries that I was getting in my professional career, I would get, as well as those, I had two knee operations with uh, patellar tendonitis and just the forces going through there meant that I needed those sorted out. And then um, like soft tissue injuries, like every athlete might get like torn hamstrings, quads, but I was getting side tears. I was just getting so many and I was so frustrated because as yeah. a professional, the time you're spending out of the sport is one time away from doing the thing you love two you're not actually progressing at probably the level you want to be progressing at and three you're not competing your contract's probably in jeopardy um especially if it's kind of coming up to the time where you have to renew contracts and things like that so through that frustration over a period of time i'd heard whispers of that yoga was going to be like a decent thing to get involved in but my initial my initial thoughts on yoga were nope that's for women that's for skinny white women drinking lattes that's for hippies it's not for me back off i'm not doing it yeah. and until literally one winter i was away in a on a training camp and and i just had so much frustration of these injuries and i was like right i'm going to clear the slate i'm going to change up my training program and i'm actually I'm going to change it so that I'm going to add something in and it was going to be yoga. So I found something online. I couldn't find anything for sports people. There was nothing out there for sports people that really resonated with me. But I managed to find like a little sheet, uh, an A4 printout with a few yoga poses. Hmm. Went to the corner for 20 minutes and did it. And I felt great after. Um, and then I kept adding it into my training routine. And then literally within a very short period of time, I just stopped getting these injuries. I felt better. My performance improved. And I actually ended up, from getting injury every three months to not getting a single one in 18 months. Like every, I had really added it in so that even when we were traveling to, to games um, and we would turn up to a hotel and check in before the games, I was checking in with my yoga mat under my arm and going into the conference rooms in those hotels to, to just make sure I did it like every night. And I added yeah. it in really, really systematically. Um, and that, that then, was something that I added in and we got a yoga teacher involved in the team and, and I, I still kept seeing that the fact that there was this barrier that a lot of guys were getting and it definitely was with more with men um, that they were just getting this barrier between yoga and it being really spiritual, esoteric and, and elusive and no one really wanted to grasp it yeah. too quickly. But the benefit that I was getting physically was there to see, like it was really obvious. So I think in the back of my mind, there was already this, this idea of like what I was potentially going to go into when I was finished. Um, mm. what happened. Sadly for me in 2016, I sustained a, a spinal injury that meant that I couldn't play anymore. Um, and I had to retire at the age of 26. Um, I was a 
personal trainer. I was a coach, and and uh, I was kind of really, really lost. Um, and sunk you, into and, and you did you did note that that spinal injury couldn't have been fixed by yoga, right? Yeah, there was no way it could have been. Sadly, <laughs> I, I can hear people thinking like, "Well, yoga didn't save you from that one." So no, but yeah, <laughs> biomechanical exactly. issue. That's good to know. Like it was fundamentally like the the stresses of the of the sport and the, the my technique and all these different things that yeah. I had this one part of my spine that was consistently fracturing and then and then one day it fractured worse and it was making its way towards like the the spinal cord and the surgeon says this is not a case of if it's a case of when and uh, uh, and there are there are points in sport where uh, like movement and breath work and whatever it is that you're getting to, like that will really, really help you sort of on the soft tissue side of things. But if if you're getting a certain hit from, say, rugby or or American football, like, or if you in cricket you're hitting, your forces are such that your fundamental structure and your bone structure can't yeah. take. There's nothing more you can really do. Yeah. Uh, so that was where I was at, and sadly I had to let it go. Yeah, I, I think after that, I, I really, I really did struggle. It was like an identity crisis after that. I, I didn't really know who I was. I'd spent years of, I spent over ten years of my life like be, trying to become a professional cricketer. I'd achieved it, and that was my identity. I was a professional sportsman. Um, and then after, really, sunk into sort of a, a, a deep area of depression, really, where I just didn't really know who I was. I didn't know what I wanted to do, um, and then kind of over a few years, like a year or so, it took me to realize like maybe I should try and take the principles that I've learned and give them to people to make sure that what has happened to me doesn't happen to them and they can perform better. And, and not only this, this sort of like dark place that I'm in, I've managed to heal myself away from that th through the methods that I've learned. But one day I came up with this idea of just going, I'll call it the sport yogi and um, take sport, take the elements of yoga and, and try and merge them together. And the main focus I look at is just trying to re-communicate them, trying to, trying to hit people where they're at, like trying to know, like, I know exactly where you're coming from. I know the barriers that you've got. I understand you think it's like hippie, it's out there, but actually let's, we don't have to call it yoga. We call it, you can call it movement, you call it whatever you want. Let's just, let's just get you moving. Let's get your body moving better, feeling better. And uh, we actually connected through the, the sort of the three principles I have of, of prepare, perform, recover. Yeah. And that's fundamentally how you look at it. Like, yeah, I want to prepare the best way I can to then perform at the best I can and then recover to make everything efficient. And so you can continue that cycle again. Uh, and it's about making it really easy and accessible for people because that's what I wanted. I, I didn't want to go to a class when I, I was learning these techniques. Yeah, that's how I started. I started with the, uh, just my sister was doing it and very similarly my whole life. I, I was a big stretcher when I played competitive basketball and I understood like, okay, I feel better after I do this. But my sister would be like, you got to do yoga. You got to do yoga. And I think because it was especially, you know, my bigger sister was telling me to do yoga. I had the, the feeling that so many people have like, no, you know, that's a, that's a pretty hippie spiritual thing. Like, I'm not going to go that deep into it or like, no, nah, you know, that's not going to do much. I'm not going to, but it's crazy how, I mean, similar it was for me to stretching. I was like, oh, this is very intuitive to me. And then how much it just made me feel better. And then your story of the, uh, the identity crisis, man, I'm just glad you brought that up because that's the one thing that I've only touched on that a few times on my podcast that I went through that. And that's a big part of the birth of mind body hoops was I finished my competitive playing career same thing with an injury I broke my ankle and I could have came back from it but I just decided to go a different direction and uh 
yeah, huge identity crisis comes with that. And you, you work your whole life at achieving a goal. And when that goal dies, a part of you dies. And I've talked to even psychologists about that. And that's when that, like, you know, they call it like the dark night of the soul comes because you literally don't have a purpose in your life. And so to pivot out of that takes tools. And so yours tool might have been breath work, mindfulness, yoga. Mine was very much meditation. It was like I turned to, I was like, why is my mind like this? Like, what is going on? And so I turned to, um, yeah, meditation, Buddhist principles and philosophy. And, and in learning that, it's cool how when we come out of that, we have this new sense of purpose of, okay, how can I help people before they get there, maybe learn these things so that they don't have to hit this low or that they can have a broader sense of what's possible before the, the goal shifts. So I just resonate with that so much, man. And I get a lot of messages from people that say that they're transitioning out of sport and then say, you know, I'm going through that. Thank you for shedding light on this. Like, what are the things I can do? And so I think these conversations are just important to have so that people can maybe ha know that's coming if they're still in sport. Like, hey, when you stop playing, things might be a lot different. And then, hey, here's some things that you can improve, like add to your toolbox that not only will help your performance dramatically, but when you finish playing, you might be able to rely on them for other reasons besides sport. So it's just a cool dynamic tool to have in this mindfulness and yoga stuff. But I want to talk about why do you think, I want to hear you just put it, you, you articulate things so well. Why do you think that yoga is such a, on a performance and physical side of it, why is it so performance enhancing? Because when I do yoga, like it's even, it's almost hard for me to explain to people, especially now that I'm doing it more than ever. I'm like, this helps my performance in every aspect. I'm, I play basketball still twice a week, um, competitive, like in a, you know, men's league or something. And I'm like, this is incredible how much it helps me. And then I'll go surf. And I'm like, it's incredible how much yoga helps me surf. And, and anything else I'm doing physically, it just helps. So in your words, like, why is this such a crazy uh, performance enhancing habit? The way I got the way I got into it was fundamentally through the physical. Like yeah. And everyone, 95% of people, I'm pretty sure, that go, in, go into the world of yoga, men, women, anyone, they go into it through the form of the physical doorway. Yeah. Um, and for me, initially, when I started, it was recovery. Like, I I was trying ice baths, I was heat exposure, I was like cold, hot, whatever, um, warm downs through exercise, but still through the forces that I was getting, I was just constantly tight and constricted and my movement wasn't as where I wanted it to be and I didn't feel like I was fully unlocking everything and and literally everything was, that was screaming to me was like, flexibility is poor, like that was it, like flexibility is poor. So the way I had it in was, looking back now, it was more like yin type stretching where you're holding stretches for longer and this was more adding into the recovery of a day so I would finish a day's training or I would um, finish a day's a game and I would I would then straight away just stretch and it would be using these poses and it didn't look like a class it was just like taking one or five poses stretches and just doing them for a like consistent basis that's how it started for me yeah and even now when I teach to people like I I, I only really teach like one local class here in, in it in the area I'm in in England but I, I say to those people like how many times are you doing this a week and they're like, well, I'm only doing it. This this is my hour. This is my hour I get. And I'm like, that's that's really sad that you're getting like one hour every week. Take that hour, 
Split it into six ten minutes and spread that over the week, and you'll probably you will probably see more change. Yeah. So that's what I did. Like I just was like, start small, and then you can go from there. And and the recovery was the was the first part I saw in that. So that improved my my performance to recover. I was then like I could sleep better, but more importantly, like I was starting to unlock like this mobility in my joints. The um, like my my power got better, my strength got better, but fundamentally my injury rate went down. So I think that was where it was the biggest um, drive and motivation for me, and tends to be the biggest drive and motivation for a lot of people I see and a lot of the messages I get. Like I'm getting pain here, I'm getting pain there. So like pain free, injury free, that's a really big benefit. The recovery process is bigger, and then once it starts to get into the world of movement. And uh, we spoke about this before, like you start to slip all the other stuff in alongside it that starts to enhance it even more. Like, so over the last, I guess, six months, I've really improved my breath work in the work that I'm doing. I trained as an XPT breathwork coach, mm. which is an amazing program. And the taking the breath protocols from that, adding them straight into, I'm still playing sort of cricket and working out and, and uh, like did my first marathon this year and but the performance that I'm ta- doing, like I've been able to perform for longer, better than I was when I was a pro because I've just added these simple changes in, these these effective movements and effective ways of breathing because I'm consciously doing it more. Well, I, I was consciously practicing and now they've become more unconscious habits. Mm. Yeah. But do that, to start that all off, you pretty much go through this physical doorway. You start moving better to improve your physical body. I'm a big believer that if your body feels better, your mind follows and then you, then you've just, then you're off and running. Yeah. I, I like that you meet people where they are. Cause I try to do that. And if people are like hesitant, just as a physical thing, just do it as a physical thing. And like you said, maybe you started saying, I'm never going to get into the mental side of it. Like it's not for me. That's totally fine. You could get so many benefits just from the physical side. And then if you fall in love with it, which you might, and if you start to feel a lot better, then maybe the mental stuff will start kind of slipping into it naturally. You don't even have to be like, okay, I'm ready to be this or that or get into breath work. It might just happen organically by practicing, by holding these stretches. You might bring your awareness to your breath like you never have because stretching kind of makes you be like, oh, wow, my breathing's really changing here. You know, it kind of can unfold naturally. And I think meeting people at the physical doorway is a great way to start. And I hope that hearing your story and the way you put it makes me think like I hope people don't just use this as a post-injury tool which I think can be very common someone like you dealing with a ton of injuries turns to yoga which is a great way to get into it I hope it can eventually become common knowledge enough that like I don't have too many injuries yet and I'm going to do this as rigorously as someone who does have a lot of injuries just because I want to be at my best and for me I think that's a really important thing because when I'm not having injuries and I'm still doing a lot of yoga I'm just like I like you said I perform so much better I'm I'm lower I'm more fluid I'm more aware I'm more aware of my breath my body my balance it's 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 incredible most people engage with yoga or the way they got into yoga was through in a broad sense of the word trauma and that trauma can be where that can be psychological, that can be physiological. So you may literally, like for me, it was physiological trauma. I was literally tearing muscles. So I was like, right, this is traumatic for my body. Yeah. I need this. Some people go into it through psychological trauma. And I think there always has to be something, it's really bad, but I do say it to people, I'm like, I wish young athletes would have like 
a career-threatening injury where they wake <laughs> up and realize, <laughs> up and realize, like, do you know what? You're not bulletproof. Like, it, it, it's it's such a horrible thing. But I, I never wish anyone to be hurt. But mm. I'm like, I wish you could experience the the mental pain mm. of, of of being your, borderline. Yeah, of borderline losing it. And, and I was, I guess. In my own sense, I was lucky enough to have that when I was 15, 16. So, I'd ruptured my spine then, mm. and I, I, the doctor said you should stop playing this this sport. Like the surgeon was like, you can't play this anymore. And through my own sort of determination to, to overcome that, I did. But that was that's something that I think is is this that's the kind of catalyst to that. And it, but if you it doesn't have to be that way. If you can be proactive and go, Do you know what? I just want to be the best version of myself for the, whether it's the sport, the exercise I'm doing, or just being a, a good all-round human being, yeah. like, I'm gonna be proactive in doing this. And, and and that's why I've always said like these things that I'm teaching, you don't have to be a sports person to, te- to learn what I'm trying to teach you. It's gonna affect you in your life as well. So I fundamentally just say, do the things that you love for longer. I was very, I was into stretching. I wouldn't call it yoga in my like high school days. And, uh, but it's because I had a lot of injuries. I dealt with like calf cramping issues. So I always tried to like do science. Like I tried to solve so many problems on myself. I had a back injury. I had a fracture in my back. So I had to, I was one of these athletes that if I didn't take really good care of my body, I would suffer. But then I almost hit a tipping point where I invested so much into my body that and almost like not only did I get better from the injuries, but I ended up seeing that, oh, wow, if I take care of my body this much, it actually helps my performance. And then I would look at someone who never had injuries, never um, had to worry about these kind of things. Maybe a couple of my teammates were just naturally explosive and athletic, but they couldn't touch their toes. Like They were such incredible athletes that they didn't necessarily need to worry about injury stuff or take care of their body. But I remember do like as you say this, I remember thinking, if you did the things I did, like I'm I'm not naturally explosive. I'm not naturally an athlete, but I invest so much into myself that I can make myself go from mediocre to elite because of the way I pour into myself. If these people who are naturally above average poured into themselves with things like yoga, instead of just we're like no I'm naturally you know I'm naturally good so I don't need to try that much if they invested in themselves as much as like I thought I did I was like you could be so much better than me you could be so the people that don't have injuries if they invested in yoga not only would they continue to be injury free but they would just be so incredibly more athletic and and to add to your notion of uh you know do what you love to do longer I would say do everything you like to do better no matter yeah. what, and do it pain-free. For me, it's just like so many people at our age lift weights and play sports, and they're just always like, oh, my, my, my fucking back, man. Like, like, especially dudes, you know, my back, oh, my shoulders. I'm like, just do – like you could do yoga and feel a lot better. And so I want to talk real fast. Sorry to just be chatting away, but this is like my favorite conversation. Um, dude, you're stronger than I thought you'd be. You got, you got your muscles. That's that's a connotation that I think I had was people who do yoga are just these skinny people. Um, so what has yoga done for you strength-wise? Has it been a really good compliment? Because that's something I'm still dancing with. I can definitely notice uh, my strength fluctuate, um, and it does help make me feel stronger from the inside out. But how, how has that been for you? So I, I like when I finished my playing career, I shut down from pretty much lifting weights for a bit. So I was like, 
I don't need to lift weights from a performance point of view right now. So I'm gonna I'm gonna test this and see what it looks like. Or and and as cricket is a sport, we we pretty much focused on leg weights. So we were like squats, deadlifts, hip thrusts. Yeah. All power comes from our lower body. We we barely use our shoulders. We're not like pitchers in baseball because we, we have a run up. Um, you mm. use all your momentum from your legs. So shoulders were a bit redundant, but I was like, Do you know what? I'm gonna just I'm gonna spend a good nine, ten months on just body weight stuff. And wow, my my strength went through the roof. Like I would yeah. squat, I would squat like sort of uh, around like the 150 kg mark. But when I was playing, then when I didn't do it for ten months, and I thought, okay, I'm gonna pick up the weights again, and I'll see how I'm on the squat like pick up a hundred I'm like this feels all right like and I'm getting better depth what the hell no then way I'm like, then I'm like 120 like mm. that's interesting. and I managed to get myself back up to one through 135 without like really well, it was it was obviously a push but it was I'm like I should have regressed a lot more than that than I thought I should yeah have. you would think you'd have some sort of atrophy totally but it was actually the the strength that I'd managed to keep from a lot of the bodyweight movements, I went more into like pistol squats and moved my body better. Uh, but it was more the depth, like the, the strength I unlocked from like the mobility and the, mm. the strength in that range um, was phenomenal. And and I and again, I, I use not just yoga and sort of like passive stretching, but there's a lot of active stretching. So yeah, from things like um, FRC and stuff like that that are around on the social media scale but fundamentally if you can hold poses with strength like they they build that stability around the joint um yeah my strength has gone through roof i've started doing way more body weight stuff than than uh, than i need to i i think fundamentally thought if i can move my own body weight well that's just making me a better athlete that's making me a, um, a, a better functioning human being to begin with whether i'm playing a sport or not uh, I don't need to be putting these huge weights in my body if my goal isn't to become an absolute giant within like, a bodybuilding industry, for sort of yeah. example. But, um, if I want to be a, a, an effective, functional athlete, as me, then moving my own body weight well and efficiently should be priority number one. Um, and then sort of how I, if you're going to an elite end or even an amateur level of sport, how my my mind functions under things like pressure and and things like that that's um that's really really important yeah the strength thing is something that i thought would diminish because i i'm similar where i want to i took away weights for a while just because of shoulder injuries and not injuries but just incredible pain so i'm like you know i'm just gonna follow my intuitive nudge to just stick with my body and, and it's crazy how fast things can change but then also my strength was still there and I would try to show, you know, some buddies, here, try this. And they would just be like, this is so hard. And you don't realize when you do so much yoga the, how much strength you can build by just holding poses and just keeping your body weight stable. Selfishly, I'm asking, how, do you, uh, how much time do you spend on, like, deep shoulder stretches? Because that's something that I've moved – I they started getting better. And now as I'm slowly trying to incorporate a little more weightlifting again, I'm getting these aches and pains in my shoulders, and I'm a little worried about it. So I want to nip, yeah. nip it early. Yeah, I'm, I actually personally, my shoulders are a big area for me as well. So yeah. I, hips and hips and shoulders. Hips and shoulders, yep. Movable joints. It's that's pretty pretty standard. Hmm. Um, so I I mean I I tend to spend anywhere of half an hour a day. Like I I will I will block off sort of half an hour a day for that that amount of movement. Now that half an hour for hips be, and shoulders. 
for around hips and shoulders uh, because tends to be most of my time, most of my um, stuff is based around hips and shoulders. But also that might, no, I'm going to say that's intermittently. So like maybe like once every two days. So I have half an hour every day that I will, that I will religiously go, right, this is for my body. Mm. And that half an hour could look like 30 minutes straight. It could be three, 10 minutes. It could be six, five minutes. It could be whatever. Mm. Uh, it's 30 minutes within the day where I know that I'm accumulatively getting that, that work onto my body. Um, and it just, I'm now at a point where I'm, I used to be pretty routined on it. So I'll be like shoulders today, back tomorrow, like chest, yeah. that's whatever, almost like a training program. Yeah. But that's how I naturally would do it. How am I feeling? Like, are my shoulders ultra tight? Do I, do I need to stress them? Do I need to stress the fascia to a real far end range or can I go into a more restorative way of doing it? And, and this, I guess, circles around to the fact that the biggest gain I ever got from yoga was awareness, like self-awareness, like body awareness. And then like, eventually it transitioned into sort of my mind awareness. So the, the body awareness that you get, like you were saying, there's guys that you put them in a pose or put them in a stretch and like, Jesus, didn't realize I was this tight here. It's like, there you go. That's initially move number one you've made is you've become aware mm. of how tight you are. And sometimes I say it's, um, it's like this blissful burden that you get because when, when you become aware of how tight you are in your bodies or where, how your mind functions, that awareness is also like, yeah, you, it's almost a little bit of a burden sometimes because you're like, I'm, I'm consciously aware of it all the time. I look at people who are so unaware and I'm like, what a happy little world you live in where you're so unaware of how tight you are. Ignorance is bliss. Ignorance is so bliss. You're so unconscious to what's going on in your body. Uh, but then, but you could be, like you said, you could be so much better, um, if you, if you took it on board yeah. and that is, um, and not even just better, but happier, you know, feeling yeah. healthier, feeling better, like ha better in the sense of what you deem as better, but, but yeah, yeah. Con continue. Yes. Yeah. You, you, you could be improving. You mm -hmm. could be, yeah. No, but that, that's, um, I need to, I need to be scheduling more time for my shoulders. I'm, I'll get in these ruts where I'm like. It's like you said, um, the people doing yoga once a week, once a week in your class for an hour. I'll get in that routine where I'm like, okay, if I can't dedicate thirty to an hour three times a week, which is kind of my goal, three three hours a week, I'm getting this phase where I'm like, okay, if I can't get it in this hour today, I'll just do it tomorrow, and then that's very easy to you know make yeah, those days in between longer. Whereas, yeah. just find ten minutes for your shoulders, Max. Like you got to do it, man. <laughs> you know, I got to just schedule it in, or just so this, allow it to flow easier. Yeah, and I think this actually transitions nicely onto what the prepare, perform, recover. The way I look at things. Perfect. So, it it for me that was the same thing for me. I was getting to the point where I was like, I'm not. I'm wanting to go to the gym, and I'm wanting to go and lift weights, or I'm wanting to go for a run, and I'm wanting to improve my cardio. Like whatever it is, I'm doing all these things where I'm like. All I'm thinking about is the performance part of what I want to do. Like mm. I want to go and run and jump and swim and move and be the best I can be. Mm. Uh, and that's all I'm thinking about. So I'm thinking of kind of like this middle part bit. But I was like, the, if I just step back from it, I'm, I'm not doing one. I'm probably not doing it to the, my best of my ability. And I'm also building this stress level up in my body. Now, you can look at stress as this all-encompassing umbrella where it is you look at physiological or psychological stress and Let's say you go to do a weight session. You've just notched yourself up that stress level just a little bit more. 
So then you go home, you sit on the sofa, you eat some food, you go to sleep, you come back the next day, you go, right, today uh, on my schedule is I'm going for a run. So you go do your run, you notch yourself up that stress level just a little bit more. And you do this day in, day out, and they get, eventually you're going up and up and up, and this stress level's going up until something breaks. Like, and that you don't know where that level is because you're, you're constantly like edging yourself closer to it. But that edge is forever getting, you're getting closer to that edge until something physically or psychologically breaks. Like you just literally you burn out in the big sense of the word, either mm. physically or mentally. Yeah. And that's where problems arise. So you either injure yourself and, and then that's, that's the issue you get into. So I was like, I'm doing this all the time. Like I'm really fighting that edge of like where injuries at and, and, and am I actually being, am I performing at the best I can be because I'm getting up some days and I'm feeling sluggish. I'm finding it's hard to even just do the run or I'm, or I'm like getting to the weight, uh, go to lift some weights or do the routine, the body weight routine that I've set out for myself to do. And I just feel crappy doing it. Like I just don't feel good. So I was like, right, I know that you, we need to be, you need to warm up and you need to cool down from things. Uh, so let's just set everything that I do with three principles of just prepare to do it, perform and recover. And that is, I even do that with something that's five minutes long. Like, so even if I'm just doing a, a stretching routine for five minutes and I'm just intending to work onto my hips, like I will move my hips first to prepare them then I'll perform the stretch that I'm doing. And then the recovery bit will be like maybe five deep breaths in that stretch to bring myself back to a more parasympathetic state so that I'm able to like move on and, and I kind of can allow that cycle to happen again. So if I look at like a training session that I'm doing, I, I will not allow the performance part to start until I've actually prepared myself to do it. Not only to just reduce the risk of an injury, but to actually perform better to like make that performance part even better and, and much more efficient. And then the recovery is about being able to just do it all again. So you see it as like a circle and a cycle. Where can we find you, man? I want to point people to the resources you have. I've loved a lot of your videos on at least Instagram and I know you have more. So where can we find you? People, if you want to get into yoga, this is a great place to start. So where can we find, you know, videos to do yoga and then everything, everything else? Uh, Instagram, uh, I'm heavily on Instagram. Sport Yogi and um, my website www.thesportyogi.com, which is where my platform is for people to. I'm teaching classes on there for you to access online, so um, that's that's where to find me. Thanks again, my man. Um, one last question: If you could give yourself any advice, assuming you would change nothing, what's a piece of advice you'd give yourself at the age of 24? Oh, 20. Don't be scared. Just do it. Mm. Yeah, I was. I think I don't don't be scared to, to do it. Like just jump in. Mm. I was I was reluctant and scared sometimes to to try something new. So don't right. be scared. Thanks for listening, everybody. Just a few more things before you go. If you like the podcast, please leave me a review on the Apple iTunes app. And if you really like the podcast, take a screenshot and share it to Instagram. That helps me grow the podcast organically. And that really helps me just be able to say, hey, say thank you. Uh, and, uh, and just show some gratitude to you personally for supporting the podcast. If you're interested in starting a podcast of your own, I get so many questions about how do I start a podcast? Um, it's really crazy. It blows my mind how many of you guys are starting your own podcast. 
Uh, so I put together some resource materials. Feel free to reach out to me on Instagram if you're interested in getting those materials and starting your own podcast. Uh, I finally just put something together for you guys, for all the people asking. Thank you again for listening to the podcast. So many good stuff. So many good stuff. So many good things coming. Uh, and I appreciate and love you guys. Peace.